Tonight, meteors have touched down on Hoth, but is that all there is to it? We go check it out before heading back to base. And what's lurking in those asteroid fields and what it means for future Star Tours flights at 11. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Hoth Atopics, a podcast about Star Wars. I am your host, Ian, a ice creature who lives in a cave. And joining me, as always, a man who is actively chewing on the power cables, John. John, how's it going, buddy? I'm uh, I'm doing all right. You really should stop chewing on those power cables. I got really confused because I thought you were calling me out for currently chewing gum. I'm like, man, that is... That is subtle and <laughs> passive aggressive. I I didn't notice that you were chewing gum, and I, well, uh, was, I was just making a Minoc joke. I, I wasn't mentally aware that I was until you said that. Was I'm resting my hand on my face, like, oh, there's gum in my mouth. Oh, no, that's what he's saying. No, I was uh, I was calling you a Minoc, which that's, is that's fine, which is that's, different somehow. Take that as a compliment, because I believe if I am not correct that that's Sherlock Holmes' brother's name. Uh, you are incorrect, but uh, I'm never not going to think about Minoc Holmes now, <laughs> so thank you. Uh, how's it going? Uh, I'm, I'm doing relatively well. I got weirdly good things happen in the last couple days that were like out of the blue and unexpected. Nice. A package that I ordered in March that had an item out of stock just arrived yesterday. Like, the one item that they said they canceled, so that's cool. Huh. I got I got an airsoft gun back from a store that had it for seven months, and they've been trying to reach me, and they just had my wrong number. And then <laughs> I had wrong information on how to get my equipment back from the shop, so we've both been trying to contact each other without any of the correct information. That was fun. I was mad, but then I wasn't because everybody messed up. <laughs> it's a comedy of errors. And then, uh, and then we went and saw a movie the other night that I didn't think we'd I'd ever see in theaters again. Yeah, and I hadn't seen it in theaters at all. That movie, oh, really? Of course. No, of course not. That movie being Empire Strikes Back. I guess you would have uh, what, been about six the last time I was in... When they re-released the special editions? Oh, what year did they re-release them? That's a wonderful question. We yeah. could have done, we could have looked this up and been prepared, but that's you know. not how we roll. That's true. We're not professional in any way, shape, or form. Jason, um, if you could look that up, thanks. yeah, that'd be cool. Tim, and, back, uh, back them up. <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody do the things for us because we're bad at this game. But we did go see Empire. Um, they re-released it in theaters for their fortieth. We did take. Proper precautions. We got Korean barbecue beforehand. Yep, we did. Number one precaution. (laughs) Number one precaution. We had masks and it was low capacity and seated far away from each other. But it was definitely worth going to see it. I had a great time. And I never thought I would see Empire on the big screen. That was definitely interesting. And a really, really good experience that I think I personally needed. Because it's so much easier right now to pop on social media and see some sort of controversy somewhere about something and then going in and seeing that movie i was able to go oh right star wars is fun and this is what i like about star wars and it really helped reinvigorate me in terms of getting my star wars on so uh, how was the experience for you oh and of course uh, we were joined by roommate mike as well who is uh playing fable in his room right now fable and when he listens to this i don't know anything about fable mike so i can't i can't make any statements huh i'm just surprised he's (laughs) playing fable (laughs) 
The only downside to the experience I had was that when we sat down and we're all sitting directly next to each other, I remember saying, or somebody saying, hey, once we see what the capacity is, we'll spread out like we normally do. And then nobody did that. And then I was just stuck in the middle. And then in my brain, I said, you know what? Since no one's moving, I'm taking both the armrests and y'all got to deal with that. (laughs) So that was my one negative. I thought it was interesting seeing on the big screen because there's a lot of things that you, you don't see on the smaller screen. And I think Ian, Ian, Ian mentioned a couple of these things after he left the movie, too, where, like, some of the costumes were off in one scene. The, the staging? If you want to be really pretentious, you can call it the maison scene. I'm not going to. Oh, okay. Um, I was nowhere near the mezzanine. Wrong <laughs> uh, <laughs> theater, Ian. For, for me specifically, having watched the movies originally backwards... Some of the reveals in Empire don't really, ha- didn't really have the same effect on me right. as they would for someone that didn't already know. Yeah, you have, uh, you already the, the had secret, that secret information. Twists. Yeah, the hereditary twists. And there's parts of that movie that I find just incredibly boring. Please don't, please don't send your hate mail. <laughs> or do I'll get a kick out? Yeah, of it. either one, both good. <laughs> Other than by that, like, it was cool to see it, and it was only five bucks, so you can't beat that price. No. Was there anything that maybe stood out to you more, or maybe alleviated some of those more boring scenes, now that you were seeing it kind of in its natural habitat of big screen? Not really. It's still kind of, it's still kind of offsetting to me to see the, seeing Windows and Bespin, because I grew up with no Windows and Bespin. Right. And now there's Windows everywhere that... For most of the scenes, they don't they don't take away or they don't distract. Um, there's one scene where they're Leia's trying to figure out where 3PO is, and it's in a big round room, and the position of the windows keeps changing, and I became hyper fixated on that fact hmm. and was not paying attention to the dialogue and was just trying to figure out where the windows were supposed to be according to that camera angle. Huh. I didn't <laughs> notice that at all. You know, in... The kind of the opposite of that is that yeah, I've seen the original unedited mm-hmm. movies, but for the most part, I have seen the special editions way more than any other versions. Yep. Just because that was... It's what's available. That was what was available. That was what we had when I was growing up. That kind of stuff didn't really bother me too much because it's just like, oh, this is the movie. It's normal. It was interesting, though, to see that they were doing that screening for the 40th anniversary, you know, I, I was actually going into it was like, oh, what are they going to do the original theatrical release? But no, was the answer. <laughs> yeah, Lucasfilm denies that they exist. Allegedly. I don't... This is all hearsay. That, yeah, that doesn't seem right. Um, it's called hearsay because I heard Ian say it. Huh. Yeah, so anything uh, kind of cool that you notice in the background, being able well, to see it on a big screen? Of the three originals that got additions added to them it was probably the one that was touched the least mm. the only thing i can really think of is the the windows and best bin but like i can't really think of anything else that they really went out of their way to add or like any like drastic changes like so uncle pappy is now oh right correct right. uncle pappy right and then um they added the tamira morrison voice to i don't know if it i, I did notice that i don't See, know if it is tamira morrison exactly but they added well, that, that's that the was clone voice. that was actually something yeah. that I'd, I'd forgotten about. The last time I saw Empire in theaters, which it was a special edition back in the late '90s, Tamara Morrison wasn't playing Jango Fett. Right. So it was still the original voice, and then hearing Tamara Morrison's voice threw me off. 
I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That makes sense. Because, um... They had to retroactively. Yeah. Because he's a clone. Because he's Jango. Technically. Not a Mandalorian. Yep. I don't know where he found that suit. Um, one, one thing I was hoping that they would add, just for fun, is there's a deleted scene where they're, they're, they're evacuating Echo Base and... 3PO sees this warning on a wall, like the sticker on a wall that's a warning that it's closed off because there's wampas. <laughs> and so he rips the warning sign off. And later when Vader and his troops are marching through it, some of the troops go like open the door looking for rebels. And there's, there's just a big wampa hand grabs one of them and pulls them in. And they close the door. Yeah, I, I actually was, I noticed, I picked up on the scene where they cut it early. Because you can see like 3PO walk by the door and look at the yeah, sign. Yeah, I... I yeah. I was expecting him just to go back and reach and grab it because I don't remember him looking at the sign for as long as he did in in the cut we watched. I don't know if you ever, I've ever told you this, but when I was building my Veer's armor, he has a plaque-ish thing. It's a piece of plastic on the back that has a weird design on it that I wasn't sure how to replicate and Comic-Con was like the next day. So instead of replicating that piece, I just covered it with a printout of that Wampa warning sign, I which I thought that. was a, which was funny to me and maybe one other person <laughs> hey you know the 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 costume we've talked about this before but costume deep cuts are like the most rewarding mm-hmm. because i put a lot of effort into this really like minor thing and then as soon as it doesn't matter if it's like one other person at a con who appreciates it as soon as you get that validation you're just like yeah well, all right it's funny on, on, on a quick side note of costuming and cons every time i wear my star tours officer uniform 90% of the people that ask me questions about it are Imagineers wanting to know, like, where I got the designs or, like, how I came up with it. I find that really funny that it's just Imagineers that are always pulling me over. I always like it when I'm wearing my Imperial Officer costume and people who, you can tell, love Star Wars but don't watch it all that much give you a name. Because uh, I'm just a generic captain. Mm-hmm. But they'll be like, oh, you're uh, Grandma Tarkin? No, just generic guy, but that's cool. Because, you know, I've got the yeah. black Stormtrooper officer. One guy called me Boba Fett once. Ha ha! No, yeah, but close. Yeah, yeah, Boba Fett. Good job. My my Veer's armor. Uh, I call it my Veer's armor. It's not technically Veer's armor because I only have rank bars for a commander on it. And usually no one cares. Yeah. Uh, I've only had one person correct themselves when they complimented it. And he was a guy in an AT-AT driver costume that basically abducted me for like 20 minutes at WonderCon. I remember that like, photo, yeah. like, I walked up with him and he's like, all right, you're coming with me. He, him and me were just side by side in like every picture for like 20 minutes. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, I was a side note talking about Empire. Let's well, go back. So speaking of Veers and Empire, actually. Oh, can confirm Veers is in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. That's a freebie Veers watch. Yep. Come on, man. Like, we're doing your job for you. <laughs> gotta step it up i was actually looking at veers's backplate the entire time that he was on screen and just trying to absorb all the data from it just because i know how much work you put in to finding stills and blowing up that oh 100 and so it was it was really cool to see it on the screen and just be like man john did a freaking amazing job recreating this because these are horrible angles yeah like the, even with modern technology of like snapshotting and blowing it up and all that i was just like i i dang. almost pulled out my phone and then remembered i was in a movie theater um <laughs> but yeah uh, like w- watching the 
if all of Veers is like 30 seconds on screen in that armor. I was upset to know that the shoulder straps I use are technically incorrect on the back, and now I'm super self-conscious about that. So I got to go back and fix that. And same same thing with that back plate, even though I eventually fabricated one. For, I don't know if it was the the projector or like I want to say the I keep wanting to say the film stock, but we all know that thing wasn't played on film stock right but everything seemed a lot lighter than it is on home releases so there's a lot more details i could see on the screen or maybe it's just because it was 40 feet tall yeah it's that, probably because it was 40 feet tall it's probably because <laughs> it was 40 feet tall but also when you're projecting something on a screen it does tend to be a little bit lighter mm-hmm. and also it depends on what kind of projector and what it, it like you said what it's what it was what it's being projected yeah. off of digital or not like i i distinctly remember for this particular screening going in and being blinded whenever it was Hoth landscape because it was so bright. Oh, I'm, I'm like, just like, oh, the white, it hurts. Yeah, I'm thinking it's because uh, because the screens are slightly reflective. Right. That those whites, like the lighter colors just pop a lot more. Yeah. So and that might have been why I was seeing things lighter. There was a little bit of a, like, I did have to force myself not to stare too much at certain spots because, like, I could see, like, I really haven't dusted this screen in a while. (laughs) Oh, there's a couple pixel holes, and, like, oh, there's a tear that they stitched up. And they're like, no, no, stop paying attention to it. Like, you've got to defocus. But it's like that time when we watched uh, Rogue One at the drive-in, and it was so dark (laughs) dark that we couldn't see anything. I spent most of that movie just looking at costumes because that's all I do now. Right. How they did the costumes and the sequel trilogies and the Star Wars stories movies compared to the original trilogy. Because everybody in the command center on Hoth had pristinely clean costumes. Where in the later series, the Rebels of the Resistance, all their stuff is dirty and worn and right. used surplus hand-me-downs. Yeah, that could be just me doing my whole... Uh... Well, a reasonable explanation might be the cleaner it is, the harder it'll be see. It, you, the harder it'll be see to the. Mm-hmm. The cleaner it is, the harder it would be to see it in snow. Uh, took me way too long <laughs> to say those words because my mouth stopped being uh, work now time. They probably just spent the money on going to Norway and then <laughs> filming all the Echo Bay scenes in a sound studio. Yeah, also it could just be a matter of like older film stock isn't going to be as... Or that sort of thing wasn't as um, prioritized. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm like not to... knocking on it. No, it no, actually no, no, made no. made lines a lot clearer to see. So if I ever wanted to do an Echo Base Trooper costume. Which I wouldn't advise because yes, we live in Southern, Southern California. California. Yeah. Well, what drew my attention to it was an extra in the background who had... Uh, you could only see his back. And the way the harness for his vest was fitted was a very similar way to some of the armored vests that the the rebel pathfinders or rebel marines whatever you want to call mm. them in rogue yeah, one war yeah. um like if you go play uh battlefront or star wars galaxy of heroes they have a, a the similar similar back harness or like the the rogue one trooper costume i made has a full front and full back vest there's another one that has just just the front and then kind of like a neck collar sort of thing. So I was trying to see if if some of those costumes were remade and then re-dyed uh, or just alternate fabric for Rogue One. Because I'm, I'm sure they did because there's troops in Rogue One wearing the the Hoth hat. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to see like what, what the, the evolution of that piece of equipment was. But I never really got a good full screen 
or full screen. It was 40 feet tall. Yeah. I never got like a full, full on shot of just one of those people. There were a couple interesting uh, Stormtrooper moments in the movie that I noticed in terms mm. of costuming. In the, the scene where they're carbonite freezing Han, there were two troopers that like, first I thought they may have just had put the armor on mannequins. Their arm like armor wasn't on properly and it was like kind of twisted around. And they seemed to be like standing at an angle. I didn't understand what was happening. And I noticed that too when I go back and I watch like A New Hope and stuff. Because they're clearly like, okay, just throw the armor on extras and just see how it goes. But because they've become such an iconic thing in Star Wars and we have all these people in like the 501st and, and, and other costuming groups that are so meticulous about it. It's very interesting to see how the fan community has uplifted the standard of stormtrooper costuming almost. Well, there's a, a real dumb thing that I learned like two days before we said we were going to go mm-hmm. was that for the most part, they reused A&H stormtrooper costumes and there, there is a Mark II stormtrooper armor light cast or whatever that's only seen in the carbonite chamber. Hmm. Though that, that could be wrong. I don't remember what I was looking up when I ran across that information. Anybody that makes armor, if, if, if what I'm saying is wrong, please um, please email Ian and yell at him. Oh, what? That's, let let that's him know it's his fault. Quality blaster deflection <laughs> there you got going on. It was just really cool to see it on, on a 40-foot tall screen again, mm-hmm. you know, or for me the first time. It really helps ignite that Star Wars feel and... It was nice to get away from the the dialogue of about like the current the sequel trilogy. Just because I like a lot of stuff about it. I also agree that it's probably the weakest trilogy of the three. And it was nice to just kinda of go back to OG Star Wars on the big screen and mm-hmm. just be like, Ah, this is where it all began. There were a couple things that I noticed that you know, just like subtle like acting notes and cues. Like I really enjoyed when Rogue Two is flying around trying to find Han and Luke after they'd been out all night. And there's the point where Han radios in and says, Oh, good morning. Nice of you to drop by. And just like the huge grin on the on on Rogue Two's face as he's just like, I found them. It just, that sort of like really kind of really subtle acting stuff that I haven't really paid attention to before, or I'm just noticing again, that, I like that. I enjoyed that a lot. It was also interesting to see the lightsaber fight between Vader and Luke, because it's equal parts kind of that classic Star Wars Chicho, I'm going to call it, because we do sabers and that's sort of basic Kendo-esque form. And also equal parts just swinging the saber around like a bat. How <laughs> I fight. Yeah. I, I, oh, I, should, I should have this conversation with uh, some of the saber people because Vader does a lot of one-handed stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that's actual Makashi one-hand stuff or if it's just Vader augmenting something else with one hand. Because I know in the lore, after becoming mostly robot, he had to do a lot of adjusting and compensating for that fact with his fighting style and his force abilities. Like, he had to develop a whole different kind of force lightning that wouldn't fry his suit if he used it. 
<laughs> well, I, I, I doubt that the, the choreography team had any idea that 30, 40 years down the road, people were going to be creating lightsaber forms around it. And with all the fights in the original trilogy, I feel like they're choreographed to be more thematic. So Luke just abandoned his training, which something I'll go come back to later uh, is an issue I've always had uh, with Empire. But he's there and he's doing his reckless kind of swinging thing that he, he loves to do in the movies. And Vader is just doing it like a one-handed thing and easily parrying everything he throws at him. So to me, it was more of a thematic thing where like Luke is still the amateur, still reckless, still, as Yoda says, uh, needs to learn control. And Vader is so powerful that uh, can take on Luke with one hand behind his back. Yeah. It seemed to me, at least when they're in the carbon chamber, all of Vader's parries were more of like dismissive flicks than actual forceful parries with, sure. with an idea of what's going to come out uh, with a retort. I don't know if it's in terms. <laughs> Repost. Repost. There it is. There you go. I, I only know that one from D&D. I should know that from the two saber groups I go to. Yeah. But right. I don't. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, for, for sure. Because I was thinking the same thing. Like you were thinking, oh, he's one-handing it. Oh, is that a Makashi thing? In my own mind, Makashi is kind of like Dooku. And not, not, right. in, not in a fighting style per se, but in a fighting appearance mm-hmm. where Dooku's always doing that one-handed thing and doing long sweeps powerful powerful but not fast strikes it's mostly like sweeps mm-hmm. like he's uh conducting uh okay. an orchestra that's really and good Vader's kind of like doing that too like one-handed controlling the fight that way it's also interesting you kind of mentioned that because there are points where Vader does go two-handed in that fight mm-hmm. and off of your your previous comment where it's like oh he can just bat away everything I think that kind of shows that he's like, oh, oh, oh yeah. no, I got to put two hands on it because yeah. this guy's got a little bit more slightly underestimated. Or, yeah, or, so, yeah, underestimated. Yeah, underestimated. In so his two days of training, and then he just hucked stuff at it. That's an interesting point to bring up with his training, right? So right now we don't actually that there's there's something of a debate. I don't know if it's a debate. Or if it's actually closed, or what I've so what I've heard is that we're not entirely sure if Luke was training for like three days, or if he was training for a couple months. Yeah, because sublight, like the Falcon had to get to Bespin on sublight drives, didn't have hyper drive, right? And there hasn't. As far as I know, and I could be wrong, there hasn't really been an official statement on, like, how long he was training with Yoda. And on that same point, too, with the the Star Wars comics that had been coming out, Luke had been doing some training on his own, going off and finding weird Jedi artifacts and trying to teach himself how to swing the saber and and whatnot and he uses it a couple times uh to a certain certain Mm. effectiveness certainly not to the effectiveness of a a jedi you know a fully trained jedi but there there's enough of force instinct there i guess to give him the ability to to fight and do that kind of stuff like there's an actually there's a comic where he faces vader before Vader knows that he is his son and they they actually do a little bit of like a quick exchange and Vader like kicks his butt like hardcore it's like three yeah. slashes and then he gets kicked to the side 
He's like, you know, you killed my father. And it's like, I have killed a great many fathers. You'll have to be more specific. That is an actual quote from the comic, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, the, the at time of that movie being made, it wasn't clear, and they didn't have the benefit of the extended universe and comics and all that stuff to kind of fill in those weird little plot holes. That does really bug me a lot as well, his, like, two days of training. But the fact that there is a logical explanation for it that isn't super clear, that's, like, what I cling to mm-hmm. to, to kind of get over that particular bug. I, I had forgotten that the trip to Bespin would have taken a lot longer for the Falcon than, than Luke hyper-jumping hyper to, uh, to Dagobah would. Yeah. Because Luke, I tried. To, I just tried to look it up on my laptop, but it looks like it's going to be a thing that I'm going to have to spend way more time looking up than I want to. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll probably take. But I was trying to figure it out based on what Q, like, I, based on what is presented in the movie. I'm gonna sneeze, or am I? Or are you? No. Uh, based on the information given in the movie, I was trying to figure out that 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 time that Luke was there and so we know that the Falcon goes to Bespin we know that once they're there 3PO gets shot to small pieces Mm -hmm. and then cut back to Dagobah cut back to Bespin and Leia is wondering where 3PO is um, like it's it, it from the urgency in her voice to me, it sounds like they'd only been there for a few hours or like mm. maybe a day at most because uh, I feel like Leia would be kicking down doors trying to figure out where 3 sure. was if it had been more than a couple days. Right. Because that's, that's, that's her protocol droid, mm-hmm. you know? So there's probably some time, time jumping around shenanigans. The thing that I think is like the most, uh, that the, the place where there would be the most time is in between them escaping the asteroid field and sublight traveling to cloud city to bespin because they say in that conversation like where are we now or we're in the we're in the anoat system and bespin's pretty far but we could make it so that's like the only that's the spot where i think that the most time could be consumed but i i totally agree with you like once they get to bespin it's probably only like at the very least a day, two days between like them getting there and Luke showing up. But yeah. Luke has the benefit of a hyperdrive. So yep. <laughs> that had been soaking in swamp water for anywhere between one week it's and a couple months. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I I love that Luke is just so used to the fact that there are lizards and Oh yeah, just like shoots them away. There, there are like at least three scenes in Empire where he's just like taking a snake out of something that he like very casually, just like oh, there's a snake in the engine. Oh, there's one next to Yoda's bowl. You know, just like (laughs) and move, please. But no, it was it was a good time. Uh, I really enjoyed seeing Empire again, and uh, I I hope to go see Return of the Jedi whenever they have. That thing's 40th. It would be next it's, year, wouldn't it? That if it'd be three years. Oh, was there that much of a time divide? Yeah, I guess there was. 
three years. If only there's a way to look this up. Eh, it doesn't make any sense. May 25th, 1983. 83, so 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three years. We'll live that Nailed long, right? It. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> going, going real quick back to, uh, to Luke's training thing. At least I remember, and I don't know how if any of the new new canon is touched on it that much. I think the Marvel Star Wars comic may have, but like at least in in Legends and the EU, you know, Luke was out doing stuff, you know, fighting with his lightsaber. He he may not have been trained, right, by by a master swordsmith, but you know, because Yoda's the, the greatest swordsmith. Allegedly. Swordsman. So sword swords Yoda. Okay. <laughs> he, he didn't make the saber. Well, I guess he made his saber, but... Well, I mean, just not Smith. Yeah, you said Sword, sword Smith like eight oh, times. Did I? Yeah. Uh, sword Yoda. <laughs> not uh, eight times, said it like twice, but... <laughs> it's okay. Uh, We're good. I got distracted. Where are we going? Where are we going? Uh, Luke may not have been oh, trained right, right, right. by a so, uh, sword So, at least guy. in the EU, uh, Obi-Wan was still appearing to him and like training him as, as, as best he could from uh, whatever plane of existence... Him and him and uh, Qui Gon are hanging out in the Living Force. Um, I have uh, nowhere for that thought to go, so I'm just gonna. Well, yeah, it. no, there it's, <laughs> and I think there's there has been an explanation for his continual improvement between the movies in both the expanded universe and current expanded canon. Mm-hmm. So I, they might be a little bit different from one another, but that that's been addressed both times. That that is that's kind of where we are on that. Also, one weird thing I noticed going quickly back to costuming, I didn't really realize how short Luke's jacket is. Yeah, he's uh, it's the, like the Bespin one. Yeah, it like yes, yeah, it's, it's super short. It's cut like where his midriff is. Yep, and I I just noticed it for like the first time, and I was like, what. What's the purpose of this? I remember when I figured, like, really realized that was when I was looking for, like, uh, something, some costume thing that I could use, just like an everyday jacket. And I I really like the look of that jacket. And then I looked up uh, people who have made that costume before. I'm like, oh, this is, this is not a jacket that's going to fit on anything that uh, isn't also wearing the pants that come with this jacket. Right. I really like uh, Han's jacket. It's a new jacket. No. Same jacket, new jacket. What's well, see? Clearly, his For, Force Awakening. Clearly, his Force Awakens jacket is not the same jacket because the one in Empire is blue. So he's lying. <laughs> no, he said it was a new jacket. Oh yeah, okay. So he said it was a new jacket. Yeah, Leia said it was a new jacket. He said it wasn't. So it's same jacket. Who said it was the same jacket? Leia or Han? This is I've confused myself. Yeah, Le- Leia says new jacket, same jacket. Leia says same jacket. He says Hashtag jacket. the jacket question. Send us your answers. Apparently, there's like three Star Wars movies that we need to rewatch. Yeah, I'm not gonna Google it. No, and I also <laughs> I'm already ready to move on. I, I do not want to. I, I don't want to put this in my brain because I have to take a lore exam again here soon for San Diego Sabers, and I don't want a question that is not on the test, namely new jacket or old jacket. Just answer every question with new jacket. <laughs> same jacket. <laughs> I, uh, 
I did talk to uh, uh, Battlemaster Eric, and he was like, I really enjoy whenever you answer things on the test, even if you don't get them wrong. You like, Even if you are going to get them wrong, you write something else in. And I was like, yep, if I'm going to be inaccurate, at least I'm going to be funny about it. <laughs> like, I think I forgot uh, Terrace Cossie the last time I took it. I and uh, <laughs> I was like, I can't think of what the martial arts is, and I just called it Mando Foo. <laughs> but yeah, I would I would love to see more of these. Fandango events? Yeah, because every, every time we've gone to one, either an older movie screening, it's always been a good time, no matter if it's like a Fandango or Fathom Events mm-hmm. thing, or if we went to the Ken when that was still alive. Um, it's always good to kind of go back and, and see films in 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 the theater yeah anything else uh star wars related that uh we got coming up or that you want to go over before we close it out well i'm still working on my a280 cfe sniper rifle replica i've hit a bunch of roadblocks i guess speed bumps speed bumps go speed bumps solely because i'm trying to keep it as a functional airsoft gun so there's parts that I can't glue on the way that they want them glued on or the kit says to glue them on which is unfortunate but the biggest struggle I'm having with it right now is what colored silver or like metal to paint it because I've gone through four different shades now and what it is right now is an aluminum coloring which is a kind of matte silver but it's still really shiny and I've already painted this piece like four times so I'm thinking I'm just gonna leave it aluminum and then dirty it up yeah do a little and, bit of weathering post yeah but for the most part it's all together uh it's not securely all together and i do want to start working on your star tours costume again because i was able to get the atst jumpsuit off of nobos for like 30 bucks and they had it on clearance it's the same jumpsuit it's the same pattern that they use for all the flight suits so now i have a screen accurate replica of a flight suit that i can uh compare uh with the one that i was making for you which is solely the reason why i bought it like i'm never i'm probably never going to go to a con dressed as an atst driver because two legs that's not enough legs for a walker (laughs) i mean four legs four legs good two legs no that's that's animal farm Uh, (laughs) no yeah yeah two legs bad four legs good yeah we're good yeah let's let's keep it dystopic that terrifying (laughs) As, as an air, as an empire costume, let's keep it dystopic. <laughs> and so I, uh, I too, am I'm planning on uh, getting started on the the uh, purge trooper armor. Uh, it's finally getting to the point where it's kind of cooling down enough to. I think <laughs> I think it's actually supposed to get really hot next week. Actually, but well, um, say that out loud. I'm sorry. It's just blame weather. I will not. Uh, <laughs> So blame blame the Bindu. He's up in the sky making storms, Bindu. being all being all angry. This is Kanan Jarrus. Kanan Jarrus, Jedi Knight. I am Thunder. Boom, boom, boom. Um, uh, Actual uh, quote. Yeah, that's that's him. That's the Bindu. <laughs> Good old Force Moose. Um, see what we got going on. I'm... And we have and we have uh, we have a couple people who have uh, been like, yeah, I'll totally help with the with the Perch Trooper outfit, which is. Honestly, one of the only reasons I haven't started it yet is because I'm I'm frankly terrified about uh, starting it and then screwing something up. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> uh, 
but I'd, I'd like to uh, definitely by October. Uh, I'd like to start start working on that. Maybe get something wearable. Maybe not finished, but get something wearable by Halloween. Because mm-hmm. um, it would be really cool to to wander around in my neighborhood and like you know do something cool for uh, for people who are cooped up and unable to trick or treat. Oh. I don't see I don't see the dark side plague ending anytime soon. Man, I got all excited because I completely forgot that the Purge Trooper and Death Trooper were different things for a second. Uh, I was like, oh, I get to make a F-11 or what, the E-11D blaster. That's going to be sick. I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait, he's not a Purge Trooper. Or he's not a Death Trooper. He's, not a Death Trooper, no. He's got a Vibro Staff or something stupid. Boo. Uh, I'm going with the, the Clone Long Rifle. I like that. Uh, DC-15? DC yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I like the look of the, the Long Rifle one. And then they also have, like... In uh, in the game, the long rifle commanders don't have them, but in one of the concept arts, they have two of the stun batons on leg holsters. Mm. So I thought that could be something like, uh, way far future, right? Because I want to get the actual armor done first. Yeah, but and a helmet. Yeah, <laughs> it would be cool to uh, to have maybe craft uh, functioning stun batons that I could, you know, use as uh, sort of mini lightsaber combat things. So that would be a cool challenge um, to come up with. But of course, there's way more to do before that. Very cool. Yeah, and then we're going to try to get a couple more uh, episodes going here and reach out to a few people, maybe have some new guests on. Not sure yet. We're uh, still in the process of doing that. But uh, let's, uh, let's keep it going. Hey, we've made an episode, and it's been less than a month since our last one. There's no way to prove that. So absolutely that's, no way. That's progress, right? <laughs> we're 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 getting better. I, of course, I say that, and it's probably be like, um, actually, it's been a month and a week since your last one. Like, Four years. John hasn't actually been pr- publishing the episodes. Oh my god, that would be just going into a hole. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, you you upload them to a hard drive send them and then two people and then bury it in a hole. <laughs> Somewhere like like the uh, like the ET cartridges. It's just the, the podcast is just a in a dump in Mexico somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> buried. Uh, uh, any last minute things? Mm, no, I, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, I, I guess I could say I'm, I'm looking forward to Star Wars Squadrons. Um, oh yeah, it's coming I, out. I've been wanting to upgrade my computer for a while now because it, it just it barely runs Borderlands 3 on the lowest settings, which that's usually when I know I need to upgrade when I can't play the newest Borderlands. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I can get that up and running. Uh, I know we were kind of talking about maybe doing some streaming stuff with that, you know, just throw some more stuff up on the YouTubes. Yeah, that'd um, be fun. And I'm I've actually... 100% going to play it wearing either my X-Wing flight helmet or my TIE fighter helmet. Um, <laughs> TIE fighter helmet's going to suck because I has no has no peripheral vision, which doesn't really matter because I'll be staring at a screen. But Does it have the red lenses in it? it it's an, I modified it to be... It's one of the Ruby's like, rubber TIE fighter helmets that I got for like 20 bucks when Hot Topic was having a sale. I get all my cool props for something, so mm-hmm. it's the only way to do it. Yeah. But uh, I, I went to my local sticker guy... Uh, uh, Mike at Trooper Bay, and he he sells red lenses, uh, or at least plastic, red see-through plastic for making lenses. So I swapped out the stock black ones for red lenses because to do an Inferno Squad thing that 
I need him to print the stick the decals out again because in the two years since I asked him to print them out, I have lost them and oh, good. because I got terrified of how to actually figure out how to place them symmetrically on the helmet and then and then it was too much too much thinking and then I put them somewhere and, and then I put the helmet on a shelf and then I made a Veers costume. Yeah, the stickers are, are <laughs> in that hole uh, with with the podcast. Yeah, they're in there. That's they're keeping <laughs> keeping it shut. Yeah, uh, uh, and you know <laughs> I've I've been also having an itch to kind of go back and play some of uh, some of the older Star Wars games that we we you know uh, that I haven't played in a while. So maybe if uh, maybe if the Squadrons thing goes well and we can get a, a good stream setup going on, maybe we'll uh, we'll explore some some more playing of those games too. That could be fun. I don't know. No promises. I make no promises. I've learned that can't do that on this show. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have an idea for a uh, a topic, something you want us to cover, or want to chime in with uh, some recommendations or questions, go ahead and send us an email at Hothpod, or you can tweet us tweet at us on the Twitters at Hothpod. You can also check out our website hothtopicspodcast.com, where John will be uh, updating his thing on the gun at some point once he makes some more progress. And we get that whole aluminum thing figured out. Oh, you mean so? Yeah. No. And uh, I, I think you have. Do, do you have one update on there already? Yeah, the the that first part, which recent? was just, yeah, just kind of uh, going over a history of the of the prop of the A two eighty, and what parts came in the kit that I got from three D props nl. So thank you, thank you, prop shop in the Netherlands. Uh, I think the guy's name is. Ilko, Elko. There's two E's and then an L and C O. I don't know how to pronounce that. I think it's Ilko. Sure, but he's a uh, he's a good guy. Um, yeah, well, lots we'll... of delays on getting that because of I think COVID reasons. Last time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There were, there was but some... I got it, and it's such it's such an obnoxiously easy to put together kit that I multiple times just blew through piecing things together instead of documenting what I was doing and then realizing I need to break stuff <laughs> to document later because again it is an obnoxiously um, easy, uh, to, easy to build together. kit like yeah. very very intuitive kit it's really cool yeah we'll, we'll drop the link down uh, down below if you guys are interested in that and uh, I think you also have the link up on that article as yeah. well so yeah check that out and uh, well uh, I've been in. I've been really enjoying Blast Points uh, monthly or uh, Ewok month episodes, uh, where they go over all the amazing things about the Ewok movies. They have a, a Talking Bay '94 interview with the, the lady that played Teak. Um, the impact of the Ewok movies. So if you're tired of our podcast, go listen to those five episodes, uh, four episodes. So. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, uh... That, that's me, that's John. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody. We will see you next time. Beep-bop. Beep-bop-boop. Beep-bop. Beep-bop-boop. Beep-bop. Beep-bop-boop. Beep-bop. Beep-bop-boop. Beep-boop. I don't speak that.